Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you are joining us on today's podcast from. And a big welcome back to today's guest. Uh, joining us, I think, for the third time. So this is your hat-trick appearance. I should have a signed football here to, to throw to you. We should do like a comedy thing where I throw it and then you get one there. But yeah, Mr. Rob it. Murdoch from Exposure Analytics joins us today. Rob, good morning to you. Good morning, James. Good to see you. Um, yeah, you too, mate. And um, as I said, Rob has been a guest on the podcast uh, on two previous occasions, um, talking about the the role that his company now plays within live events and what it is that they do. Rob, for those uh, viewers and listeners who uh, haven't listened or perhaps need a recap of what it is that Exposure Analytics provide as a service to event organisers, tell us briefly what it is that the company does. Yes, uh, we help brands and agencies uh, determine how effective their events are through the use of data and footfall analytics. So we measure the footfall of an event, the engagement that they've got on their stand or certain areas on their stand and the dwell time. So we're presenting data back to them that they can use and act on. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm, I'm going to try and pull all this information back into my brain from our previous conversations. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but to put it in context for people, Exposure Analytics will put up um, their uh, specialist sensors, the really discreet little um, sensors that go around uh, an exhibition stand or around an exhibition hall or a live events venue of some description. And they're constantly pinging, um, looking for mobile devices that are searching for an internet connection. So they're not yes. collecting any data, but they are searching for those devices and they can then sense where they're passing, what route they've taken, how long they've been in a certain area, and that's how the data is collected. Yes, that's correct. Uh, that's uh, AEX sensors. We also have uh, Apex sensors, which are stereoscopic cameras and count people going through doorways or whether they congregate around a particular activation. So we, we bring in new products all the time that we think will help um, our feature sets and our customers. Hmm. But I've, I've seen firsthand, um, and I, I can t say this not perhaps to, to Rob, but to the people listening to today's podcast, I've certainly seen firsthand how this type of technology and how Rob's technology particularly has, um, has transformed um, how events are run because I, I, I hasten to say for the first time, but really, you know, what, the, what this technology has done over the last two, three, four years as it's, as it's come into the fore of the events industry is really give people a really accurate idea of how their audience are transitioning around a venue, how they are moving, how they are dwelling, um, which areas they are interacting with which areas they're perhaps not spending as much time in. And it's really given um, some really quality data and visual data back to organisers. Um, and that brings us, I suppose, to the subject, if you call it that, of today's episode, where we're looking at data effectiveness and, um, and how we, we qualify data effectiveness. And, um, and Rob, that, that, that's, that's something that I suppose when you look at how effective data is, even going back 10 years ago, we probably had a lot of data available to us, but how effective that was, was still to, to, to be questioned. Uh, well, I would say that data was effective, but it's just people didn't know how to use it. Right. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's abundance of data at events. You've got the people coming through the doors. You've got the, the, uh, the registrations. There's data that comes from that. How many people do you have to have a register at an event before you get uh, the numbers you want through the door? So is it 70% of the people turn up the register or 60%, but that's data. We've always had that. And we're adding on to that data sets with our products. And there's plenty of other 
data avenues as well that customers could use uh, that people are exhibiting. So let's say you've got a, a touch point, a touch screen. That mm -hmm. touch screen should be able to give you data about how many people have used it. If you've got Instagram picture booths and things like that, that will tell you uh, how many people have been in there. But it's whether you use that data. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't use that data. So data is effective, but I think it's ineffective when people don't use it in the correct way. And, and um, do you think that it's become more effective because of the ease with which we can now process that data, as in some of the back-end programming and platforms that are now available to people to order, in, that, that will suck in data and then present it in such a way that it's really easy to understand? And going back to your own example, you know, the heat maps, things like that, the, the ways that you can present the captured data back to organisers has changed. Yes, the, the visualisation of it. So if you just presented uh, sheets of data, lines in a spreadsheet, people just look at it and go, what am I to do with this? Yeah. But if you visualise it and make it um, so much easier to access, then they are going to use it. They're going to refer back to it. Uh, we have clients that actually present our data on their exhibition stands the morning before it starts. So some people call it morning prayers, sort mm. of uh, the group chats, but they will use the data from the day before and say, hey, this is what happened on the stand yesterday. That area wasn't too busy. Let's get more people going there. Or this area was too busy. We need to get more people on it. Mm. So it's about the use of the data. Obviously, use of the data makes it effective. Absolutely. And, and again, to put, to put things in a little bit of context about why Rob and I are talking today, we're, we're recording this podcast uh, in, in the last week of September. Um, and this particular episode, when, when, you, when our followers and, and our listeners are actually uh, tuning into it, will go out prior to Event Tech Live on the 6th and 7th of November. Um, Old Truman Brewery, London, registration now available. Um, but yeah, you're going to be talking about this very subject at uh, Event Tech Live on day one of it on uh, on our expo and engage stage, I think, Rob. And um, it's going yeah, to be a panel discussion with it with a, a number of other uh, a number of other people in the industry talking about this subject of data effectiveness. And um, and again, it has become, I suppose, a, a much more reliable way. Um, and I know what you're saying is right about. You, the data has always been there, but how effective we have used it, it has been questionable. Um, I think I've seen a huge leap in the last couple of years alone in, into how people are, are presenting it. There are more and more companies coming along, not just doing what you're doing, but helping to, to manipulate the data that you guys help to capture. Yeah, I don't like the word manipulating because uh, <laughs> that suggests you do something wrong. Um, massaging the figures, things like that. We don't do any of that. It's all about presenting that real data that they can act on so our customers can receive the data in real time they can look at it live at the event and see what's happening they can also i know uh, event tech live use our data to go back uh, when they're rebooking the stands and say hey you know are you going to rebook this year look how busy your area was on some occasions not at event tech live but you could find that um, exhibitors say oh it's a terrible show but you can prove to them through the data that actually we sent lots of people past your stand Maybe you need to think about your stand and the people working on it. Yeah. Because they're not being effective. Uh, and th th this is something certainly that cropped up at um, the Exhibitor Masterclass that Event Tech Live put on a few, uh, a, a few weeks ago, um, where all of the exhibitors were invited to find out how 
they could really, really make the most of their time um, at the show. And, and interestingly, something you just said about manipulation and, and, and data and, and how that's the wrong way to phrase it. And you're right to pick me up on that. We did a podcast um, very recently with Helen Beveridge from Data Oversight about data compliance. Yeah. Um, and one of the big things that, that, that she was talking about is how companies since the introduction of GDPR and people really paying more attention to how effective their data is, is that they are looking at better quality data rather than just the blanket bombing quantity approach that we were taking, you know, as recently as five or six years ago. Um, and that ties in a lot to what you guys do now as well. It's not so much about how many people have necessarily come past a particular area, but because we can see how long they've dwelled, you can see what engagement level there was in, a, in particular areas. Yes, that, very true. Um, there's, we have competitors out there doing what we do, um, and it's healthy to have competitors. So there's, there are other options out there from us, but I would say we are the market leaders. Uh, we need nearly over 3,500 events. We're growing and growing and growing. Um, there's, go back to some data collection. Yeah. So if we talk about data collection, there's something I would point out that I saw at IFA. Um, was it beginning of September? I think IFA was in Berlin. Uh, we, we had a number of stands there, and I walked around the show, and I don't want to, I'll say the name, Samsung stand. And it was a very good stand. It looked impressive. Mm. But the way they were collecting data made me chuckle for this high-end electronics company. They had people with clickers on the doors counting people in. Now, <laughs> if there's anyone from Samsung watching this, you should come and talk to me, because that's not effective. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're going to get some data, but really, what's that telling you? If that person forgets to count everyone, you know, you're not going to do it. You'll find out in the day you've had so many people in, but how many repeat businesses did you have? There's so much more that can be done with, uh, with data and people just take the shortcut. Yeah, because of course, yeah, you're right. Somebody walks in, stays for five minutes, walks out, but then comes back five or six times a day. The manual clicking process is not tracking the fact that that's a repeat visitor that somebody's yeah. maybe come back to the stand half a dozen times therefore is potentially showing a really keen interest in something that's on that stand yes yeah they, they don't know where they went what they did um what their interests were all they know is that they had oh yes ninety-five thousand people through the door or whatever that number was mm. and maybe they want to go back and report to their their bosses and say look at the numbers we've had but i would have thought it'd be more effective to say these are the numbers we had but this is where they were interested in. We built this stand around this area and it worked. Uh, and that, that, that's very much backing up this point about taking a more uh, a, a quality approach as, a, as opposed to quantity approach to yes. not just data capture, but looking at how effective your data was. And again, I suppose that's going back to the old methods that we used to have to adopt, which was purely top line figure based wasn't it you know event organizers would say exhibit with us because we had twenty five thousand people through the door last year they, they, really, they really couldn't say anything beyond that because that's really all they had was the headline figure um i think is it fair to say that with the clients that you're working with now that, that they're quite happy to see a lower number of people through the door or onto their booth if they can actually see that the ones that they had stayed there for a longer time that what our clients are interested in is the truth. <laughs> Whether it's a good number or a bad number, they want to know that because they can act on it. We have some, some clients, well, not clients, there's certain agencies out there that think they need to present back to their customer a huge number. Mm -hmm. Look how many people we had. It's wrong. Give them the true number. 
and they can act on that because then they would make a decision. Oh, we're not going to go back there. I had one client once um, at a motor show tell me that uh, the numbers had to be better than the, the year before. And I said, well, good luck. I hope your stand works. She goes, no, no, the numbers have to be better than the yeah. year before. I said, well, that's not down to me. That's down to you and the organizers and getting the footfall through the door and getting them on your stand. So people try and trick the system a bit sometimes and uh, it doesn't make that data effective at all because next year, what are you going to do? You're going to try to prove on numbers that were fictitious the year before. Yeah. And uh, people, I suppose, have to admit as well where they've got something wrong. And that, that's, again, where the data plays a huge part, isn't it? When we talk about effectiveness of it and effectiveness when it comes to design. And, and I'm, I'm having seen sort of some of the, the initial sort of um, topics and briefings and stuff that's going to be discussed at the session at Event Tech Live, I think this is where um, Andy Sexton from, from uh, 2LK is going to come in and, uh, and look at uh, some of the, the, the design aspects of, of data effectiveness and the stuff that you can present back to clients. And when it comes to actually designing stands or in another light you know an event layout um this is where the data really plays an effective role by allowing companies to say look we've got that area wrong not enough people dwelled in that area not enough people engaged in that particular zone let's rethink it what could we do to inspire people a little bit more to stay in that area yes totally agree with you yeah using that data to make an effect uh, on on the visitor's journey and enjoyment so what, what you, you, you've got visitors come to your stand. You want them to enjoy it. You design that stand with a, an idea of how they'll walk around it. It doesn't always happen. So you may have to change the layout slightly overnight. And our data allows them to do that. Because previously, on stand data, it was anecdotal. Oh, yeah, it wasn't very busy over there. Well, anecdotal data. Anecdotal data is not that great because it's based on people's memories and their perceptions. When you've got hard, fast data in front of you, you know that's the truth and you can yeah. rely on it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that, um, uh, let me just get my little trumpet out and blow it a second here, blow my own trumpet. Um, I mentioned at, at the uh, Event Tech Live Exhibitor Masterclass. That's a very small trumpet. <laughs> during the panel discussion uh, that we had at the end of that masterclass was, was um, the physical interaction from people who are on a stand at a trade show and how you get two guys who will stand there for two days checking their emails and on their phones and then at the end of it say, well, we didn't get any business. But they're actually giving out body language that says, don't come anywhere near us. Or the ones uh, with their arms folded, crossed, looking down. Yeah. Uh, 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 presenting, presenting body language that's very very sort of defeatist or you know putting up a barrier instantly um and i've seen more and more companies actually approach their staff training and how they're actually um you know briefing the staff who are going to be manning the stands in a different way because of the data that they can now see they can see oh, hold on we had loads of people walk past we had quite a lot of people stop and dwell why did we only get x amount of leads when we can see that actually you had that many people available to speak to yep very true and that leads on very nicely almost we could have teed this one up but uh, we hey we don't just throw these things together <laughs> but uh, we uh, we work with a company called sales stratus um they're, they're they they're lead generation lead capture company mm -hmm. and um we have an API from our system going to there, so they can tell people how many people walked past, how many people engaged, which ended up in how many uh, actual leads they got. So you can then start working on a figure that I need this amount of footfall before I can get this amount of leads. And you can see what 
what's the footfall of that event? Because I want to get X amount of leads that you can work out scientifically what numbers you should be getting. Yeah. And that, 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 that helps you work out budgets and stuff as well, doesn't it? That yeah. comes back down to, 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 to the bare bones talking turkey side of things. You know, you'll be in charge X, X amount for a stand space. You know, dare I say it, you know, there, there's some negotiating room available potentially to say, look, hold on, we, this is what we got per lead or, you know, it, it gives you a far more, going back to this whole idea of effectiveness of data, um, a, a far more accurate way to look at what you are investing in shows. Yes, yeah. And I think event organisers, brands, um, project managers at these, these, uh, these exhibitions need to look at all the data they've got. So not just our footfall data, but what's the footfall that the organisers are telling us they've got? How many, what percentage of those are we getting on our stand? And also, you know, we've got all these touch points. What, do we, what happened there? Uh, we've got screens. How long do people stay and watch these screens? You put all that data together and then you work on that for the next show because you, you're gathering it it's to, it's to make an impact on that event, but also to make changes for next year. What can we yeah. do differently to next year that, that we didn't do great this year? Yeah. There's um, one thing, and I'm sure I've asked you this before when, you, when you've been on the podcast previously, is um, on the subject of data, just to go off track, uh, track a little bit, does, does your system actually capture any personal data at all? Or is it literally just a case of clocking how many people came past and how long they stayed for? It's all anonymized, our data. So we don't know who the people are. So for GDPR purposes, anonymized um, no point of return. We can never go back to the original device and find out what it was. Right. So we, we tick that box for GDPR. Okay. So, so at no point are you integrating with registration systems and things like that and have any access at all to, no. to the personal information or the registrant information? No, no. I mean, some of our brands would like to know who they are, but it, it's, it's possible because as long as you notify people and give them an option to opt out, yeah. uh, it could be done, but we don't offer that service. Excellent. And I suppose that, that again, that, that that shouldn't be your responsibility in a way, you know, what you're presenting as a service and from a data point of view is to, to give people an idea of uh, how many and how long um, it's then on to them to make sure that they're capturing that information to getting those leads and, and yes. using, using that effectively. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. We, we can't, bring people onto their stand we can't tell them the leads they've got but there's other ways and means of doing that mm -hmm. um you know talking about effectiveness you can look at the effectiveness of people working the sub we talked about those guys standing there with their arms crossed well with our data you can look at it and say right okay on monday morning we had uh, peter and john on the stand mm -hmm. and we had no footfall but in the afternoon we had joe and sally and we, we were getting more leads coming through the same amount of footfall but more leads coming through. So maybe we need to look address Peter and John, how they were acting. Yeah, yeah. Or, or sack them off, get them back into the office and, and keep the other guys on the stand for the duration of the show. Yeah. You need to give them a break, so you can't have them there all the time. Tiring, <laughs> isn't it? Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you, given uh, the, the, the nature of what it is that exposure analytics do as a, as a business, um, is, is your opinion on, on facial recognition? Because again, when we're looking at data capture and, um, and, and the effectiveness of these systems that allow you to, to track and monitor people and movement, um, is the facial recognition side of things something that you guys have, have explored or are getting into? And, and how do you see that panning out when it comes to generating meaningful data? So um, facial recognition is, um, 
yeah, you need to jump through so many hoops with GDPR. Yeah, because um, yeah, we're picking up personal data. Your face is your personal data. Mm. Um, we do a subset of facial recognition called facial detection. Right. So we have a product called Aperture that will look at somebody's face, tell us their age, gender, mood, um, and, and uh, whether they've got beards, glasses, things like that. And we can tell the attention that they've got to a screen, for example. So if they're looking at a particular screen, let's say you've got a, a video that runs for a minute and a half, how many people stay there and actually watch the full minute and a half and how many people just watch the first 10 seconds of it. Right. So we can, we can present that data back to the client. So right. Minute and a half is a bit too long to, to engage with people. You need something short. It's pretty common sense really, isn't it? But yeah. yeah, but, um, yeah, you can look at that data and say, okay, right. The, the video was aimed at females and majority of the audience were females watching it. Or the other thing we can do is we can actually, depending on the audience, the age or the gender, we can change the, the content of the screen. Right. But let's say 90% of the audience is female. You can make that uh, the content for females. Right. So, so you can actually manipulate it. If you've got the, 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 the tech available and the hardware available, you know, a good media server, something that will allow your Aperture system to integrate with a, a media server, it could perhaps yeah. sense with the female under the age of 30. Let's present them with this in, uh, video on the screen. Yes, yeah, we, we basically send a trigger to them, said this is the information you've got. Yeah, the trigger you want is 80% female. There you go. Change your content. That's amazing because that, that's essentially allowing a, a stand. I know those sort of things won't come cheap. It's not the sort of thing that you could, you could perhaps just throw up at, you know, with, a, with an iPad or something, but presumably like any type of technology, the more popular it becomes and the more it's deployed, the, the, the more accessible it becomes to people from a cost point of view. And essentially that's giving people scope for completely customizable content for people in a real time situation. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very effective used correctly. And, and will it, um, will those sort of systems allow you to uh, see what somebody's reaction was? So let's say I, I am stood watching a video and a little snippet of that video really piques my interest and my eyebrows raise and, and things like that. You know, will it track those sort of facial movements? So we can, we can capture people's moods. So if they're happy, very happy, sad, very unhappy, we can pick that up. Um, or we can pick up the majority, well, not majority, but a lot of people go around with, um, I'm not sure whether I can use this terminology on here, but I will do. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me, everyone. They go around with what I call their resting bitch face and they're not smiling. Yes, yeah. Um, but we class that as neutral now. Some of our clients were, well, at least they're not unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I, I always suggest you, you need to put it somewhere you're going to invoke a response. So what sort of response do you want to get from them? Yeah. Yeah, some of our clients will put it at the beginning of an activation and once they walk through, they'll have it at the end and see if they're happy or laughing or smiling. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting. And again, this, this is moving everything on from a, going back to the old, idea of stand design you know even 15 years ago you know you go to the nec and everybody's got two pop-up banners a table uh, a bowl of quality street and some flyers and business cards um yep. you know, we have moved on at a, a rate that i think in fairness to the industry we struggle to keep up with sometimes don't we because there is so much happening in, in what is a relatively short period of time well, yeah, if you just look at Event Tech Live, I remember the first Event Tech Live, you had straw bales out. Yeah. <laughs> Divided the, uh, the stands up. And uh, now the brands, the, the exhibitors go in there, everyone's stepped up and they put bigger and better stands in there. And it's just, you see how that technology moves along and how people's focus is on, on their look at an, mm. a, a, an exhibition.
because they want to draw people to their to their stands and you look at it different ways they said we have competitors and we want to take we want people to come to our stand as it goes to their stand so we have to do something different and mm. we're doing different stuff at uh, event tech live which we announced just before the show yes yeah yeah and uh, well could i just i know i know there's a point to be spoken about there but just to clarify one last thing about the the facial recognition side of things okay. and the aperture system um it's anonymized in the same way as your, you know, original exposure analytics system is, is, is anonymized. You know, you are capturing the mood, the, the, the sort of demographic, vague demographic of somebody, age, gender, etc. But you're not actually capturing any personal information. No, so we don't store any information. Um, mm -hmm. If you come back to the screen, we'll count you again. That's the downside to it, I suppose, that, that if somebody comes up multiple times, we will count them multiple times because you've got no record of being there. All we're saying is, right, that's a male, 35 James, and he's happy. Yeah. I'll, I'll take 35. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would. I'll, I'll take 35. Yeah, only a few years out, but yeah, I'll take 35. Um, yeah, um, in terms of what you guys have got planned this year for Event Tech Live then, and, and uh, you, you touched on it briefly, um, you've been involved with the show for a number of years now. As, as we've said, you're going to be involved in some of the panel discussions there and, and talking to the actual uh, visitors in the conference sessions. But you, you are, you know, a key exhibitor there. What, um, what are you going to be displaying and what's going to be available this year? Uh, so we, I'm, I'm doing a talk on uh, facial detection. Uh, uh, facial detection, facial recognition, how do you see it? I think it's cool, something like mm. that. Um, and our stand, the usual space uh, with our stand, um, we've launched Twitter onto the platform now. So if you've got an event and you want to monitor the Twitter hashtag and see what the amplification of it is, you can see it all in one platform. Yes, there are other platforms we can do it. We'll try to integrate it into one area. Yeah. Um, we have another area which I'm not going to announce at the moment, but we have another area that we have on the stand, well, not on the stand, but in the exhibit, exhibit hall where we'll be giving freebies away. Um, right. We're doing that in conjunction with Event Industry News. Yeah. And uh, a company called The Barista. Yeah, and I'm, I'm aware of that. And we'll say no more about that just at this moment because I know what's happening there. And, it, and that, that is going to be a really sort of exciting new addition to the show this year. Yes, yes. And uh, so it's a little bit away from our stand. So... Uh, you'll be able to come to our stand once you've been there to see if you've won a good prize. Yeah, and that, 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 at that point, I should interject and say, um, you know, that the, the show is bigger this year. You know, uh, for those of you who have visited Event Tech Live before at the Old Truman Brewery, you'll, you'll be aware that, um, that the show has expanded steadily over the last few years from the initial hall that it started in, into a second hall, into a third hall for the last couple of years, um, and this year into a fourth hall as well, uh, within which is going to be this exciting new zone that we're not going to say too much about. <laughs> at the moment Rob um, but that's going to form a key part of this new hall that we're opening up this year um, with a new uh, MarTech stage as well um, so you know revised content and looking specifically at people who are involved in in the marketing aspect of events and the technology that's available to them so um, it, it got some exciting stuff happening there yeah, but I, uh, I think it's a real pat on the back for Event Tech Live and you guys that um, how the show's gone it is the go-to show. It is the show that we commit to every year. Um, and it's been really, really good for us. But the leads that we've got from Event Tech Live has paid for it 10 times over each time. Uh, yeah, so we'll keep good. on going back. 
I should get that little trumpet out again. <laughs> well, not so much for me, but certainly, <laughs> certainly for Adam and, 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 and all the team at Event Tech Live that, um, yeah. that, 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 that put that together. But, um, but really, I suppose that, that, that brings us full circle round to, to, to the subject of today's discussion, which has been on data effectiveness. You know, the show has grown because of partner organisations and suppliers and the exhibitors who all deliver technology to the events industry and who all strive to, 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 to work better, to deliver better quality data. You know, it's fair to say that the vast majority of tech companies are working in a, uh, a sector that is driven by the data that they collect or the yes. data that they use or the data that they present back to clients, regardless of what subject matter that's, that's regarding. And um, without all of those working together and everybody pulling in the same direction, Event Tech Live wouldn't have a successful show. The exhibitors wouldn't have that platform to do it. And we perhaps wouldn't be talking about the subject of data effectiveness. Yes, and there's so many tools that Event Tech Live offer for data collection. So is it the uh, Visit Connect, or GES? I'm dropping yeah. all these brand names. I shouldn't really do that. But, you know, <laughs> products. <laughs> um, so there's, there's that. Um, there's Pokin. So... There's lots of stuff out there that you provide or Event Tech Live provide for us to capture data. Mm. I think there was an interesting stat that was raised at your um, your event at Wimpel Street. Yeah, uh, the master, the exhibitor masterclass. Yeah. Uh, that 60% of leads aren't followed up after an event. I can't remember what it was, but it was a high number. It, it, was, like, it was a huge percentage of leads that are not followed up after an event. So shame on you. <laughs> That's all yeah. I can say. Absolutely. Follow, follow those leads. But there's a lot of organizations working really hard to help generate those leads and present them back to you in an effective manner. And well, your, your, back your, company, your company has spent a lot of money getting you there yeah. to get you leads. But they're sales guys that are there. Why aren't you following them up? Absolutely. It's like 16 attempts of contact or 16 points of contact before you'll get a sale. So you shouldn't just stop. Don't hear back from the first time. You just keep on contacting them until they say, get lost. Oh, yeah. yes, please. Absolutely. And, and uh, it, it's turned into a bit of a, maybe a bit of a plug, but certainly a lot of what we wanted to talk about today in terms of data effectiveness does tie into Event Tech Live. And um, registration is now opened. Um, as I said, we're recording this at the end of September. So the, by the time you hear this, um, we'll be well into the registration period for Event Tech Live. The show itself is the 6th and the 7th of November at the Old Truman Brewery um, in London. Um, Google Event Tech Live, uh, find out about the sessions, find out about the exhibitors, register on there. The show last year, I should point out as well, received um, CPD uh, accreditation and status. So anybody who visits and attends the conference sessions, um, it qualifies for continued professional development points via the CPD um, organization accreditation process. So um, it's a genuinely, uh, it's a genuine professional opportunity for people who work in the industry to go and learn and find out about all the tech that's happening, all the tech that's developing, all the tech that maybe have been around for a few years, but is continuing to evolve. So worthwhile getting along to that. If you listen to the podcast today, you can get to London on either the 6th or the 7th of November and you haven't yet registered, I would urge you to get over and do so. Um, it brings us nicely to the end of, of today's episode. Um, Rob Murdoch from Exposure Analytics has joined us once again today for his hat-trick appearance. Rob, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure. Um, Chuck us out the website again if people want to find out a little bit more about what you guys do. Exposureanalytics.com. We also have, um, I think you've attended a couple of our fine dining events and hosted them. We've got the next one coming up on the 6th of March. So um, if you're a brand or an agency 
uh, you want to find out how we work our customers come along and talk uh, drop me a line uh, you can get in touch with me rob.murdoch at exposureanalytics.com yeah you can see, get you along and, 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 and I, as, as Rob says, I've, I've been to and, and helped to, uh, to support Rob with uh, a couple of those events that he's done previously. And um, as he says, if you're an agency or an organizer and you want to find out more about this type of technology and find out uh, what Exposure Analytics have done for um, some really, really leading organizations and companies over the last few years with AirTech, um, get in touch with Rob, get in touch with his guys and, and get yourselves along to that event in March next year. Um, thanks very much for your time again, mate. We're, uh, we're out of time at this end. So uh, don't forget, guys, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, head over to eventindustrynews.com. You can see videos of all the podcasts and also find out about the latest news, features, content, special features, and all the stuff that's happening on Event Industry News. If you're watching this via the website at the moment, you can access all of the podcasters audio versions via your favorite podcast download platform. So hop over there and get them onto your phone whilst you're out for your jog in the morning or commuting to work or on the tube loads of ways to listen to us thanks very much again to rob murdoch from exposure analytics for his time today my name is james dixon and we'll see you on the next edition of the event industry news podcast goodbye mm-hmm.